Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Vanguard. Would you guys do me a favor, share the service today, invite others to join us in this, I believe, epic message about the demoniac evangelist. And you may go, demona what? By the time we get done, you'll understand about this guy today, a most unusual suspect. I've been a follower of Jesus Christ, Malachi, for 43 years. And every day of those 43 years, I have believed in Jesus Christ. But not every every 43 years, every day, have I felt my belief in Jesus Christ. Well, today, I feel it. I feel it. I feel God alive in me, and I feel God alive in our church. I feel God alive in our world, and I want to invite you today in the midst of the dark places of your soul where you feel like God is playing hide and seek with you. I want to invite you to say to God, like Job, God, I need to see you. I need to see you in the areas where I'm losing faith. I've said to God, I've been back 21 days now, Candace, uh, from my break. And in the book of Daniel, God says to Daniel, who prayed for 21 days, God finally sent Michael the archangel and said, listen, I heard your prayer the first day you prayed it, but I have been held up for 21 days by the prince of Persia. And there are some demons in your life. There are some demons in this world that are holding up the answer to God's prayer in your life. God has heard you. God is not just playing hide and seek with you. God wants to answer. But what we're gonna see today is that we live in a world that is broken. We live in a world that is fallen. And I want to be honest with you today, maybe in a way that I'm not always. I said to the Lord during my break, I can't do this anymore. I cannot continue to carry, and I have for six years. For six years, I've carried a prophetic word, I've carried a a professional burden, and I've carried a personal burden. And I said to the Lord, and I've said to the Lord, I can't do this anymore. Now, I'm not telling you this today because I'm looking for your sympathy. I want you in my life. But I'm saying to you today, I need God to show up in my life. If God does not show up in my life, I am not going to be able to continue to carry all this. I'm not going to be able to do what God has asked me to do. And I'm saying to God today, and I'm saying to you today, you have permission to do the same thing. And I told you I feel it today. 
I feel God's burden in your life. I feel the burdens of your life. And I want to invite you to say to God today, God, I can't do this unless you come and you show yourself and you reveal yourself and you speak and you move and you do something. And guess what? That's what we're going to see today. That's what we're going to see today. And I want you to stop resolving to defeat in your life. I want you to stop telling yourself, God loves me, but it doesn't seem like he cares. Because if he did, why doesn't he show up? Say to God, God, if you care, show up today. Show up and show out or I'm done. Say that to God. Speak it to God. Let God get to those places in your life. You're like, I didn't know I was allowed to do that. No, listen to me. The problem is you've stopped. You're dying. What's beautiful about Job is that Job said, I got to find God because I got a bone I want to pick with him. I want to tell God how he's been unjust to me. I want to tell God how he needs to do something about these situations in my life. I invite you to do the same. You go, I don't know if I can. Listen, if you don't, you'll quit. You'll quit. And I don't know if you've looked around since COVID, but a lot have quit. A lot have quit. A lot have said, I'll get off here. I'll be done here. And that is your choice. That is their choice. If you want to stay on the bus of righteousness, you're going to have to say to God, help me with the demons of my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. I told you I feel it today. And I want you to feel it. And I want you to come alive again. And I want you not to accept the disorder of this world. And I want you not to accept the chaos and the confusion that has been created by a global pandemic. Do not accept it. Do not give in to it. We live in the richest country in the history of the world's existence. And our suicide rate last year was the highest it's ever been in the history of our country. This is not enough. This stuff is not enough. Material things are not going to satisfy you. They're not going to solve your dilemmas. They're not going to give you the peace that you long for in your life. The only thing that's going to give you peace, pardon my, is the Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen. You're not sure yet. Now, Pastor Aaron, the nine o'clock was sure quicker than the 11. Sometimes maybe it's better to be old. Amen? Come on now. I just want you to know I wore this shirt today because I wanted you to know this is how I feel on the inside. I, I don't have many days that I feel like I do right now. And I don't know how long this one's going to last, but I like it. I like it. Fight the enemy up off of you today. Fight the enemy up off of you today. Where you've lost your sense of courage, fight the enemy up off of you today. And I'm going to invite you to do something that the Bible doesn't, doesn't challenge you to do very often. I'm going to invite you to order parts of this world that the world has not asked you to order. I'm going to invite you to order parts of your world 
that your world has not asked you to order. I'm going to invite you to invite Jesus into places that you're tired of inviting him into because you have not seen the results that you have been looking for. I want to invite you to re-meet the God who redeems you, the God who saves you, the God who restores you, and the God who reconciles you to the holy God that we just sang about. And his name is Jesus. Amen? Look at Luke chapter 8. I'm going to use today this paraphrase Bible version called, you know, this heretical version Bible called the message. Taking a lot of heat on social media for posting verses from this paraphrase of the Bible. But I want you to know that I had the privilege of meeting the author of this Bible, Eugene Peterson and Jan Peterson at the Navigators here in Colorado Springs. And I asked him, she said, what can we pray for you? So I told her. I told her what was going on in our family, uh, and it's been going on for some time in our family. And I said, this is what we need. And she prayed one of the most beautiful prayers for our family. They're now both with the Lord. And I wanted to use this version today to honor them, thank them for praying for us. And also, I love the way this particular version tells this particular story. So let's get after it. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 26. Now they, who are they? The disciples. These 12 guys, they're in training. You know, they signed up for one thing, and they're going to get to meet what they actually signed up for today. They sailed on to the country of the, had to look up this word on YouTube. You know, there's any word in the Bible you don't know how to pronounce, just look it up on YouTube, and there's a guy that'll say it really slow. And he'll say, this word is Gerasenes, like that. So I wanted to say it just like he does, Gerasenes. So he went to the country of the Gerasenes, directly opposite of Galilee. Now, I've been to Galilee. I haven't walked on the Sea of Galilee, okay? But I have been to Galilee. I've been to Tiberias. I've been around the Sea of Galilee, and this is one of those areas around Galilee. As he stepped out onto land, this is Jesus, a madman from town met him. And he was a victim of, somebody say, demons. Hello. He hadn't worn clothes for a long time nor lived at home. He lived where? Somebody say it. In a cemetery with the dead. My neighbor that lives across the interstate from the neighborhood that we live in, I had to get my truck fixed and I was talking to him. He's my body shop guy. And he said, hey, I was coming home from work not too long ago. And right there in the ditch were two people completely naked having sex. Woodman 925, here we are. So, so we're the country of the Gerasenes. They didn't have any clothes on, nor lived at a home. They didn't live in a cemetery, they lived in a ditch. This is what our country, to some degree, has become, right? Now, I forgot to do this earlier. Dion, I can do it now. I want you to um, look at this picture up here. 
Not me. Don't look at me. Let's try one more time. Can everybody go? Thank you. Thank you. So this, that's Monument Creek there, and this is part of our little farm. That's our concrete retaining wall in the background there. And we have three cows, one bull, a small herd. I downsized quite a bit because of expenses that have come since COVID. It's been quite crazy. I feel very sorry for farmers in America today and the expenses that they have to deal with. I'm a hobby farmer, so we got three cows and a bull, and we've had cows for about 14 years, and I used to have a lot more than I do now. My kids can attest to this. Uh, never in the history of our little farm have we had consecutive births two days in a row, and that's what we had this week, Friday and Saturday. Friday, we had a little uh, bull calf born that I named Red Man. Okay, I grew up on a tobacco farm, all right, um, forgive me, and we had this calf, which quite honestly, calves aren't usually this big, okay, when they're born. Uh, she looks to be probably three to four weeks old in this picture. She had just been born, and when we went down to look for her, her mom's name is Raven because she's black, but she came out of a red Angus cow, so we named her Raven. This is her first calf, so we're always concerned when a cow or an animal of any sort, by the way, is giving birth for the first time. There's a lot of risk involved in that. And so we went down there, and we saw the cow standing by the creek, but we couldn't find the calf. And then two different moments, we spotted something that we thought was the calf, and we thought it was dead. And I'll just be honest with you, it made me mad. And I probably said something, Candace, that I cannot repeat here in the house of the Lord, all right? Um, and I had to say, forgive me, Lord. A little bit later, all right? Well, we look around, we look around, we look around. And finally, Tasha finds this calf. And you know, whoever finds it gets to name it, right? And we walked up to it, and it looks just like the other one laying down especially. Uh, and I was like, okay, I think that might be the other cow's calf. So, you know, I employ this highly technological thing of lifting the leg to see because yesterday's calf was a bull, okay? This is a heifer. You know, even in animals, there's two genders. Just two. Huh, who knew? What you can learn from a cow. Okay, stay with me. So Tasha's like, you know, we should go back and we should watch this calf get used to the herd because she was walking it back and it was going with her and we had kind of startled it. And so we went back there and we got back there. Um, the other calf that was born the day before was laying there stretched out on the ground, eyes open, glassy, not moving, not breathing. And I walked up and I kicked it. Not hard, okay? But I kicked it, I nudged it. And Tasha was watching it, it didn't move. Now I've been a farmer all my life. I've never experienced this. But it wasn't stiff, so I kicked it again. And it jumped up and ran off like a rabbit and then nursed. And in the course of yesterday, I thought both of these calves were dead, and they weren't. 
Now, I want to read you my devotions this morning. But ask the animals, and I want you to look at this. Ask the animals what they think. (laughs) Never thought to do this. Huh. Ask the animals what they think. Let them teach you. Isn't it clear that they all know, even though we don't, and they agree that God is sovereign? Huh. That he holds all things in his hands. The things we can learn from a cow. Job chapter 12. Huh. Huh. Now, you wouldn't know this, but I'll tell you this. One of Job's complaints to God is that the unrighteous cows always deliver with no problem, and his cows were dying. Now, most of you don't have cows. I get it. But the things that we can learn from our animals is vital to remembering that God is sovereign over all of creation. All of creation. He is sovereign. Now, this summer, for whatever reason, we have seen things on our farm that we've never seen before, white owls, endangered species, eagles. Um, And then last night, I mean, we saw a turkey and nine babies, wild turkeys, and then last night, Journey Grace and I were going to check on the cows, and it was dusk, and I kid you not, we saw a mama raccoon and nine babies. It scared the bejeebies out of me. And if I'd have gotten any closer, she would have obliged. The things we learn by looking around in our lives. Now, what's going to happen here in this passage is that we're going to see a culture, a domain, a life, a society. And if we look around at this, whether it be animals, we're going to see some animals in this passage. We're going to see the sovereign hand of God today. Amen? Amen. So look at what it says here. When he saw Jesus... He screamed. Huh. He fell before him and he howled (laughs) like a werewolf. What business do you have messing with me? You're Jesus, son of the high God. But don't give me a hard time. Now, I got to stop here just a second. So we've established today that the animals know who God is. The demons know who God is. But people don't. The highest creation in the order of God's creation. And we don't get it. Now, I don't know if you understand this or not. Quick lesson on demonology. New demons are not being manufactured. All demons that exist have existed since sometime before the creation of the world when Satan fell, the Bible says, from heaven. He took one-third 
of the stars, the angels with him. Those are synonymous terms. And for thousands of years, and if you believe like I do in a literal seven-day creation, an early earth, an earth that was created with age added to it already, then you believe that over the course of the 5,000 plus years of the world's existence, there are no new demons been created. So do you understand that every demon has 5,000 years of experience on you? Huh. And if you walk away from Christ, they'll eat you alive. They'll eat you alive. They know how to work humanity, which you're a part of, in ways you've yet to figure out. They're very smart. But listen to me. They are limited. They're not omnipresent. They're not omniscient. They're not any of the omnis that the God we serve is. So greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so the moment that we claim the name of Jesus, it all changes. It all changes. The demons have to step back. The demons know who Jesus is. And what we're going to see today is we're going to see Jesus move in a culture and order it. The very thing that God wants every one of us to do in our marriages, with our children, in our vocations, in our neighborhoods, in our friendships, in our churches. God has called us to bring order to the chaos and the massive chaos that this global pandemic has left us with. So look what it says. What business do you have messing with me? You're Jesus, son of the high God, but don't give me a hard time. The man said this because Jesus had started to what? Somebody say it. Order. Time after time, the demon threw the man into convulsions. And he, had pla- he had been placed under constant guard. They tied him with chains and shackles, but... Crazed and driven wild by the demon, he would shatter the bonds. Isn't that crazy? These 12 disciples were in training. He had just calmed the waves. Isn't that cool? Isn't it cool when you're a part of something and Jesus does something real cool and you're like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And so Jesus brings you out of your storm so you can what? So you can go rescue somebody else in their storm. Right? So God is going to bring you out of your storm so that you can go rescue somebody in theirs. And so maybe today you go, Lord, if you'll bring me out of this storm, I will tell everybody you did it and I'll go rescue somebody in theirs. I'll go tell my story so that they can experience the miracle I've experienced from you. Now, they were enamored by his power and his ability. So he invites them into the boat. They sail to the Gerasenes. Now, what does the word Gerasene mean? Let me give you a definition. The word Gerasene means rapidly moving out of control. Huh. 
What's that sound like? Our society, rapidly moving out of control. Now, maybe I'm the only one that has experienced this, but since COVID was declared over, I cannot tell you how many people I've watched in my rearview mirror, I've wondered to myself, are they going to kill me if I don't get out of the way? The anger and the selfishness that is multiplying and manifesting itself in our society right now is unbelievable. The incredible inundation of not knowing what to do, all the way from New York City, I saw yesterday refugees that they don't know what to do with, they don't know how to take care of. So we want compassion, we want open borders, but we've got all these people coming, we have no resources, and and it's like at some point, all this chaos that we're creating in our nation is going to have to be organized and ordered or it is going to be the end of us. Oakland, San Francisco, we've got thousands, we've got 12,000 homeless people living in the streets of San Francisco and we're going to spend $2 billion in the next two years to take care of them. We have legal drugs here in our city. We've now had it long enough to see what it's getting us. We're now starting to see the effects. Never before in our city have we had as many homeless families as we have right now. That's sad. People with young kids addicted to the drugs that are now legal. Wow. Culture that is moving rapidly out of control. So Jesus, he puts himself into it. He's going to step into that and Jesus takes them out of the storm and he's going to bring them into the storm. Do you know that there is a place in San Francisco called the Tenderloin? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? If you know what this place, will you raise your hand? I'd like to see if any... Okay, so two people here. Anybody else? Okay, two people here. Anybody else know it? Okay. The Tenderloin is basically been around for about 50 years. And it is the place where a long time ago you could do drugs and it was legal and, and crime is so bad. And now in this part of the San Francisco, they tell you, do not lock your car, Okay and leave a sign on your dashboard that says, nothing valuable inside, please do not smash my windows. You go over here to Garden of the Gods. Uh, Be careful, smash and grab. Like, we live in a society now where we're trying to figure out a way to reason with the disorder that has been created. Sad, isn't it? First time in the history of our country that the majority of people in our society love money more than they want to serve our country. We're getting in a bad spot here. And we're kind of getting like the Gerasenes. Now, if you met a crazy, lunatic, screaming, naked man, what would your response be? Well, I, I actually saw someone like this on the day I wrote this message on June 20th, and it scared me to death, and it made me very afraid. 
But that wasn't Jesus' response. Now, I want to be honest about my response, but I also want you to see Jesus' response. And so look at what Jesus does. Jesus asks him, Hey, what's your name? What? What's your name? He asks the man a question. He brings dignity back into his life. Shows a personal interest in it. What's your name? So I just want you to think about this the next time you're afraid. And you got to be wise. I realize that. But what's your name? Look at his response. Mob. What? What's your name? Do you say ma? What? Mob? I mean, if you met somebody named Mob, have you ever met anybody named Mob? I mean, I haven't. What's your name? Mob? Huh. My name is Mob. Because many demons afflicted him. His identity was his demon possession. His identity was his demon addiction. His identity was all the poor choices that he had made in his life. Wow. His identity was the demons that had taken over his life. Look what they did. They begged Jesus desperately not to what? Somebody say it. Order. The demonic world does not want to be ordered in your life by Jesus. You know why fasting is so great? It orders your demons. Doesn't it? Man, I love ice cream. But when I'm fasting, Jenny, I love ice cream. Like, I like sugar, but when I'm fasting, I love sugar. Like, what's that all about? Yeah, because Jesus is ordering my demons, and my demons don't like it. No. No, I don't like it. They scream. They, they resist. So look what happens. They beg Jesus desperately not to order them to the bottomless pit. Now, what does this tell us? It tells us that they knew that Jesus was God in charge. They knew what the animals know, that God is sovereign, that Jesus is God and he is sovereign. It's a beautiful moment. But they didn't want to be ordered. So look what happens. So a large herd of pigs was grazing and rooting on a nearby hill. The demons begged Jesus to order them into the pigs. And he gave the order. It was even worse for the pigs than for the man. Crazed, they stampeded over a cliff into the lake and drowned. And the Vanguard Men's Ministry had a barbecue cookout, right? At Dion's, right? Now, I want you to see something here. Jesus comes into the Gerasene town. Rapidly moving 
out-of-control culture. And the demons in that culture say, hey, we know you're you're not going to let us stay in him. Can we go after the animals? And what does Jesus do? He orders them into the animals. Whether you like this or not, demons are and will be and will remain a part of this world until God returns and redeems it. But what I want to encourage you with, as C.S. Lewis says, Satan is God's devil. And if you submit yourself to the sovereign hand of God, the demons of this world do not get to decide the outcome of your life. But I also want you to see that demons, and I can show you this in the book of Daniel, and we can see it throughout Scripture, demons are territorial and they are geographical. And there are demons assigned to this city. And there are demons that will be driven out of people, but they will remain in this city geographically and they will continue to try to wreak havoc. But our job here is not to save the geographical city. Our job is to primarily save the people that represent this city. And so we have to care about people more than we care about anything else, more than we care about money, more than we care about our zip code and our location. We have to decide as a church that we care about the people of this city. That's why we're here. That's why Jesus was there. But that's not why everybody else is here. So those tending the pigs, scared to death, bolted and told their story in town. And people went out to see what had happened. They came to Jesus. They found the man from whom the demons had been spent sitting there at Jesus' feet, wearing decent clothes. Not designer clothes, but decent, all right? I think he might have had a shirt on like I have on today, you know, but... What does it say? It, it was, what kind of moment was this? It was a holy moment. Everybody recognize something just went down up in here. This is a holy moment. And for a short time, catch these words, and for a short time, they were more reverent than curious. Now, I want you to understand something. When God does a miracle in our lives, it changes us forever. When God does a miracle in this world, people pause for a few seconds and go, hmm, that must have been something divine. But it doesn't last very long. And you need to understand that. See, God can do all kinds of miracles and the world's going to go, huh, that's kind of a cool moment. Later, a great many people from the Gerasene countryside, they got together. And look what happens. They ask Jesus to what? To leave. 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 Jesus ordered a person. And that person started ordering their culture. And what's interesting about humanity is we all want God's blessings but we don't want his sovereignty. We don't want his control. 
We don't want his order. We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it the way we want to do it. The Bible says that there's rebellion in all of us. And see, what happened was Jesus came to town, freed this guy that they couldn't do anything with, and their response is, hey, this is a holy moment. Could you do us a favor? Could you leave? So what's the point? Here's the point. Don't expect this city to want us to stay. Okay? But we ain't going anywhere. We ain't going anywhere. And there will be moments of favor. There will be holy moments of connection with our city and those around us. But there'll also be moments when they go, hey, that was really cool. Could you do us a favor and move somewhere else? They asked Jesus to leave. How come? They're going to tell us. Because there was too much change too fast. Because you know what happens when you encounter God? You realize you ain't in control. And see, that's why it's so important to call out to God and say, I can't do this, God. Because you, when you say, I can't do something, you are saying to the sovereign God, but you can. You can. I need you to stop playing hide and seek with me, God. I need you to show your face and order this situation, whatever that is in your life. So Jesus got back in the boat and he left. Huh. Huh. Jesus got back in the boat and he left. There's something that I want you to know in this story. Now, I forgot to say this in the first service. There's something I want you to know in this story that doesn't happen, I don't believe, anywhere else in the Bible. At least I don't believe it does. Jesus healed a man that didn't ask to be. Huh. That's what it means to order something in your life. You look at people that need to be redeemed in your life and you take authority for them and you order the opportunity for them to be redeemed. That's the authority that you've been given by Almighty God. And so you have a responsibility to order what you have been given stewardship and dominion over. To order it. To order it. To order it. You know, we have a horse. and When we let her in the barn to go in her stall, you know what she does? She goes every direction except the one she's supposed to go. And you know, what, you know what I do? I just crowd her. And it makes her uncomfortable. So you know what she does? She decides to accept my order. My daughter can get on her and ride her. And then I can get on her and ride her. She acts different. Because she understands order. Animals understand order. But humans don't seem to get it. Demons understand order, but humans don't seem to get it. We're the thick-headed ones in this equation. Animals get it. Demons have got it. When are we going to get it? That God wants us to use his sovereign authority to order what he has entrusted to us. So verse 38. So the man whom he had delivered from the demons asked to go with him. Well, of course. Of course. Now, why did Jesus leave? 
I mean, it's a great question. I mean, he went and cast all these demons out of this person. The guy lost all his pigs. There's all kinds of chaos. Holy moment, then could you please leave? The man whom he had delivered from the demons asked, can I go with you? Here's what he said. This is what Jesus told him. Go home and tell everything God did in you. So he went back and he preached all over town everything Jesus had done in him. There it is. He's the demoniac evangelist. I mean, here's a guy, and they're like, whoa, we've never seen you in clothes before. It's a moment. He's like, yeah. So what can we learn through the story of the demoniac evangelist about our lives? Three things, very briefly. Number one, if Jesus can use the demoniac, Jesus can use us too. Jesus can use this crazy demoniac guy, he can use us too. Number two, go home and tell everything God did in you. God, you do it, I'll tell everybody you did it. Go home. Go home. And then the third one, and I believe the most important one of these three, go back. Wait. You'd be hard-pressed to find in Scripture where Jesus tells somebody to go back. And all of us, I hate to say it, we all love to go back to regret, to how we wish we could do it again, to the good old days. <laughs> I can relate. Go back. Well, for what? Go back and tell everyone everything God has done in you. Do you know what he's saying to the demoniac? I want you to go back to all the relationships in your life before you met me. And I'm sure that Bonnie's like, well, I don't remember most of them. And I was naked for most of it. Okay. Yeah. And he says to the demoniac, I want you to go back and I want you to tell everybody that you knew before you knew me what I've done for you. And do you know what's interesting about this story? We have people in our lives. Jesus is not welcome. But you are. You have relationship with people who want nothing to do with Jesus. And they remember how crazy you used to be. How insane you used to be. And Jesus says, go back. Go back and tell everyone everything I did for you. Do you know what he's saying to the demoniac? You ready? I've ordered your present and your future. Now you go back and order all your past. I give you authority to go do this. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Go order the relationships of your past and tell them everything Jesus did for you. Next week, we're going to get to the final message. And in that final message, we're going to meet the most unusual suspect in this series. 
You say, who is that? Us. Vanguard. This is our mission. is to go back and tell everybody everything God has done for us. Amen? Come on, amen? You may need, you may need to take authority over demons in people's lives that you're in relationship with. Do it for them. Do it for them. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.